Welcome back, friends, to Raising Up Cops. I am Madonna, and I'm here with my lovely partner in crime, Laura. Today, we have an interesting topic for all of you. Madonna brought up this idea that we want sassy children. Okay, but don't worry. This is not like a let your kid run all over you kind of episode. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it is absolutely not. And I want to explain, Laura, where all of this came from. Uh, Over the Thanksgiving break, I went and visited my family and we were talking about this girl that we know. And she is unfortunately in not a great situation right now in her marriage. And, you know, they're talking about leaving each other and, and, Anyway, to make a long story short, she wants to make all these moves, but she is not able to make all of these moves. And as we were kind of discussing this, we were saying, this girl, like poor thing, she's always been such a good kid. She's always been such an obedient, lovely child. She was such a great academic success, studied hard, worked hard, like was always so polite. And we were like, oh, like what a unfortunate situation that she's in. And while it is still true that she is in in an unfortunate situation, as we were discussing this, I was like, you know what? Thank you, God, that I have a child who is quite actually two children, if I'm being honest, who are actually quite strong willed, who I don't think would let themselves get in that kind of situation. I don't think they have ever taken any kind of direction lying down and was, and we're just okay with whatever I said goes. And while it is hard for me as a parent, I've discovered that that's actually a trait that is helpful if we can guide it, if it can be honed in for good. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it is personality. I mean, there are just personalities that are more sweet and docile and obedient and more personalities that are, you know, firm and like pushy and like rebellious. But I do think that the way we react to our kids helps them um, grow the needed tools and skills to stand up for themselves when needed. So even the most, the sweetest, most obedient children should know, should be taught to know their boundaries and how to enforce Mm -hmm. them, should be respected when they try to enforce their own boundaries. And we'll get into that a little bit more as we get more detailed, but um. Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely have, you know, one kid who is willing to do what I say most of the time and one kid who is unwilling to do what I say most of the time. (laughs) Well, and and I want to clarify something, Laura, like for, for example, this, this girl that I was talking about, she's not in an abusive situation. She's not in a situation where, you know, she's being victimized. It's not what I mean. So I want to make sure everyone understands that, you know, when I say she's taking things lying down, what I mean is, Um, there's no fight for her marriage. Like there's no, you know, you know, when somebody says this, I need to try and do this back. You know, it was always just, I accept things as they come, whatever happens, happens. And I, like you, Laura, I have one child who's obviously a lot more willing to listen, but still both of my children, you said something very important, like have a strong need to be respected. Okay. And And this is not to say that all kids don't deserve respect. They do. But what I mean is these kids in particular, these these sassy, strong-willed kids in particular need to feel like your respect for them is a priority when you're dealing with them. At least that's what I have noticed. Yes. Actually, this brings to mind something very specific that happened with my son recently, where when I'm like going on a rant and I'm giving like a solid scolding, 
I will ask what I consider a rhetorical question and then I will answer the question. So I will say, why did you do this? You did this because blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> and recently he was like, this always happens. You don't let me answer the question. Like, I want to answer the question. Like, I have something to say. And instead of letting me respond, you're talking over me so that you can finish your, you know, planned <laughs> scolding, planned lecture. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I do do that. I need to be more careful. Like, you know, he was saying, I want to be respected. I have something to say and I would like to get it out and I would like to be heard. Um, before I'm judged basically you know before judgment comes down can we please talk about it like can I actually have a voice in this conversation but do you see how that is such a good thing it's hard for us as a parent it's hard for us to be like excuse me like who are you talking to like that but at the same time imagine yourself as a full-grown adult but tiny and being told what to do okay And imagine you being okay with somebody talking to you like that. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be. And the thing is, is these kids that we are growing become these very real adults. So if they don't learn the skill as kids, they are not going to just suddenly acquire it as adults. Either there's going to be a hard path until they acquire that skill, or you are the kind of parent who is willing to let them explore those boundaries and they hone that trait and they are able to build it up in a way that is usable for them and they become respected adults. I think this is a good thing. Again, I repeat, this is very hard for us as parents, but it is a good thing. Yeah. So maybe we, let's back up a little bit and define what we mean by SAS. We mean kids that speak for, speak their minds or speak up for themselves or tell you how they are feeling and what they need and don't just nod along. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Is that a pretty good definition? Yes. And also, uh, I can add to that is the kid who needs to know why, like they need to know why the rules are the rules that they are. You, you can't just tell me I'm not allowed to touch that and not tell me what about it makes it so untouchable. And this is very annoying to parents, right? Like answering that question, why for every little thing gets very exhausting sometimes. But the point is that you know, you want your kid to question, um, question things. I remember being in this family meeting, meeting with these parents and they were complaining that like, when I was little, I just did what my parents said. And I just like was immediately obedient. And like, and I remember I'm very skeptical. I don't, I'm sure there are people like that, but I don't really believe it. Like, are there really people like that? I don't know. Write to us and tell us if you know, people who legitimately just did everything their parents told them to do. Like, Adam, first of all, a question mark on that. But second of all, um, I was trying to explain to them, you want them to be the questioning type so that when someone hands them a cigarette, they say, why would I, why would I do this? Or when someone hands them a bad idea of any kind, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a new concept, right? If all of these new concepts that the world is spreading to our children that we are so adverse to, if we want them to be able to have the backbone to stand up to those ideas and not just do what all their friends are doing, whatever that is, it doesn't have to be super dramatic. It could just be like, whatever. It, it doesn't have to, you know what I mean? Like yes. if you, you want them to stop and ask, you want them to reflect before making a decision, even, even on your own, even on the things you are trying to push them to do. And, and I'll be honest, Laura, like my kids often make me question myself and my rules. You know, there are many times where they ask, but why do we do that? And I'm like, you know, 
I actually don't know why we made that rule. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out a better one because they there's there's some things that even I as an adult have carried on just from generations that I've heard this rule or we don't do this or we do that. And I'm like, actually, there's no real reason that we do that. You're right. Let's let's think about it. And so, Laura, I, I did a little bit of, of light research. Okay, I'm obviously not like a psychologist by any means or understands all of this stuff, but I found this great article on Focus on the Family. Um, and it was talking about the strong-willed child, right? Which is kind of what we characterize these kids at, as. And um, one of the things that they use in this article that I really like is they've, they come up with phrases that trigger defiance, okay? And one of, the, one of those tr- phrases, for example, is you'll do what I say because I said it, you know, or you'll, I, I'm the parent, like I'm in charge. And they give us better choices for ways to talk about that. So one thing is instead of saying like, you'll do as I say, you say like, I trust you to make a lot of choices. I give you a lot of freedom, but in this thing, mommy or daddy have to be the one to make this choice because whatever the, the situation is. So it's more of a conversation at more than it's a command or a demand this is what you will do. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. I think that, again, that goes back to the idea of respect, of speaking to someone respectfully, like um, not making everything, it's very hard, I know. Mm -hmm. And I I have a feeling that like our listeners are not this type, but it's very hard to move from the parent authority central figure to the parent kids team model, right? But I just, the benefits are so big. I don't, I can't overstate it. I mean, yesterday we put up the Christmas tree as a team, Team Yunnan put up the Christmas tree, right? And we like took, we had a family group hug. We took a photo. We, we were at peace with each other. When Abuna had to go to a visit afterwards, nobody was sad because we had given each other the right amount of time and we'd spoken mm-hmm. to each other well the whole time. Like, it just, I can't overstate the beauty of teamwork. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, my daughter's 13 and sometimes I push and sometimes she pushes where she is my, she's my sweet and obedient one. But despite that, she definitely has her boundaries. And I think that because we always talk through things, talk through our feelings, talk through situations, we, there is no, like, I am handing down from above this perfect knowledge that is a lie (laughs) yes definitely don't have any perfect knowledge um (laughs) i feel like the payoff i see it all the time um and and on on the counter side i do see that you know my son i'm a little harsher with him he's more like me i pick at his weaknesses because they're my weaknesses and i can see already that if i'm not careful this will be a different kind of this will be the relationship I don't want. If I don't give enough respect, I will not get that respect later when it's needed. You know, Laura, you actually really touched on an important point that I didn't think of until right now when you're talking, but one of my friends was just telling me about this book that she said we have to read. And of course, now the name is going to escape me, but it's something like hold on to your child or hold on to your children, something along those lines. And the whole concept behind this book is you want to um, position your children to be more parent oriented than peer oriented. 
And if you think about it, if every time they come to you as parents, they are being demeaned or they are being um, punished or they are being belittled in some way. And that doesn't mean that doesn't look like you insulting them, right, necessarily, but it's always telling them that what you say doesn't matter, right? But then they go to their friends and their friends are like holding them up on a pedestal. They're showing them that respect. They're feeling like they are their own person with their friends. Who do you think they're going to spend, want to spend more time with? Who do you think they're going to value their opinion more? It's going to be their friends in that situation. And so I think it's important for us as parents to remember that because we say we want them to be, we want to be close family units. We want them to remember us and, and to kind of come to us first. But then when they come to us, we don't let them be themselves. That is kind of where that, that disconnect can happen. Um, and so another one of those th tips that the Focus on the Family article gave was, for example, say your kid is really not making good choices. Say like you've agreed that they are um, going to be in charge of, I don't know, like cleaning up the dinner table or something like that. And every night you have to remind them. Every night they forget. And every night it turns into this argument. Well, instead of going to them and saying, you know, you always forget to clear this table. You always forget to put away your laundry. You always forget going strong in with an accusation. Instead, you want to go in as a collaborative team effort. So you go in and you say, hey, I've noticed that every night we're kind of struggling with remembering to clear the table. Let's come up with a plan together so that we can remember. Do you have any ideas? And then it becomes more of a, how do we work together to solve a problem instead of, I want to call you the problem and you better fix it. Then it becomes a burden and also um I, I would feel disrespected in that situation. No work environment gets told to solve a problem that way. And so we don't want to teach our children to solve a problem that way. Yeah. And I, I do want to emphasize that, you know, this, uh, the idea of we, you want sassy children um, does not mean that we are not parenting at all. Right. right. It's, it's actually the opposite. It's, it goes back to, you know, I was talking to Madonna about that verse, train up a child in the way they should go and how it's about, you know, it's a gardening term. You, you train a vine. It means that you have, you put sticks in the right place or a trellis in the right place and you guide the vine to grow in a particular direction. You're not like shoving it somewhere else or ripping it apart. You're just adding a little bit of direction or, or the concept of discipline as a training, right? It's coaching. Mm. And coaching is not just screaming at the kids. Coaching is figuring out, as you said, the solution to a problem together. So whatever the, the situation is, the conversation that you have with your children in that situation is more important than the problem or the solution. Like how it's the, the journey from point A to point B is far more important than point A or point B. And, and Laura, I love that you said that. And I think that a lot of the reasons that it can be difficult to deal with a child like that is because honestly, our own feelings get in the way. I, if we're being honest, if when my kid talks back to me, I feel disrespected. I feel like I'm losing authority. I get my feelings hurt. And that really, if I'm being totally honest, is what gauges my reaction. It's, it's how much I'm willing to let myself get, um, you know, put down, I guess, in a way by the way that they react. And just, but what I need to remember is just like, I feel that way. They feel that way by the way that I talk to them. 
So a lot of the time, their defiance or their outburst is a uh, result of the disrespect they feel. And so just like you feel those strong feelings, they feel those strong feelings. And we've said this probably a bazillion times on our podcast throughout this year is that our, our kids are little people with full grown like personalities and, and feelings. And they just have all of these things inside of them. But the difference is they are not old enough yet, or they haven't had the enough life experience yet to know how to use their powers for good. They, and that's something that I think that also we as adults, a lot of us have also missed being able to figure that out throughout our lives. So that's why it makes it hard for us to teach our children that, but it is our responsibility to help them figure that out. Yeah. Our ego gets in the way of our parenting guides, our parenting, like 99% of the time. And we have to fix that. We need to make that adjustment for their sake, for their sake and for ours and for our salvation. Right. Right. Um, for sure. And I think God knows very well what he put inside of our children. I think he knows very well what he put inside of us. And there's a reason that we are the way that we are. And I think, Laura, if we want to relate it to us as, you know, being raised up in the Coptic church, a lot of the things that we talk about in the saints of the church is their obedience to God, their willingness to do whatever God says. In their biblical characters, that's always the trait that we highlight. Um, and, and so it can be hard to teach our children through a Christian perspective how fighting back can be a good thing at the same time telling them that you need obedience. And so I think one of the distinctions that our kids need to learn also is when to be able to fight back and when you really just need to listen to authority. And we have hopefully by now taught them that God is the ultimate reigning power, the ultimate authority, and the saints were successful in gaining the kingdom of heaven because they listened to God, not because they listened to the kings, right? In, in this situation, we are the kings and queens in our house, right? So them listening to us would be a good thing, but it's also there are times when it's good for them not to. And our saints are a great example of that. I remember an early conversation with my dad along those lines where he said, obey God first. If I tell you to do something that is against God's law, definitely don't obey me. You know, right. just clarifying who the ultimate authority is. And I think that's really important thing to instill in our kids for sure. And so we just want to encourage you that while we may see some less than desirable traits in our children, we can remember that the good Lord put them there for a reason and we can help our kids use their powers for good. And most importantly, we need to remember not all hard traits are bad traits. I love that. Well, with that being said, thank you so much for joining us today on this week's episode of Raising Up Cops. We would love it if you rated this podcast and gave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. We've gotten a couple of great reviews already. Here's one from Marina. What a great forum to discuss Coptic life in America. I love this show as I raise my kids in the Coptic faith here in the U.S. Love both the personalities on this show. Keep up the good work. So please, if you'd like to leave us a review, we would love to, um, love to read those as well. You can find us at RaisingUpCops.com and email us um, with your comments on this episode or any episode at RaisingUpCops at gmail.com. Looking forward to next time. Raising Up Cops is a production of Coptic Dad and Mom. This podcast is hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lawindi. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Orthodox Church or its hierarchy. These are our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. 
If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can reach us at raisingupcops at gmail.com.